Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. in the Seattle area because we're on the radio there. Honored. Um, Honored to be. Yes. Uh, that uh, The guy flying the plane around has been huge news all weekend long. Of I mean, course. Was, you know, obviously. And there was a big concert going on at the same time. So, I mean, there there was at least one giant crowd of people that could be a target if you were a suicide nut job or something. Which, you know, um, introduces another area of conversation for the whole thing. Uh, he mentioned that he needed to figure out how to pressurize a cab, and his loopiness could have been hypoxia, which makes everyone sound and act drunk, if you've ever had that problem. Yeah, if you ran a- into me this weekend, that's what I had going on, too. <laughs> the air was a little thin where I was. <clears throat> also, I'm not angry at you guys for talking about this, because a lot of people are. But I do think that this opens up a whole new venue for people with grievances or mental health issues to exploit and that you're adding a tiny amount of impetus towards that. You know, uh, it's a fair criticism. That's an interesting point, and I will contemplate it. I'm sorry. That's right. I really wish, though, you'd said really insulting things about us and I'd scream back at you because that's how discourse works these days. You got to get with it. Come on. Hmm. 
I don't know. I'll have to think about this more. I guess this is just so weird and and rare and unprecedented. I'm just I'm seeing it much more on a human level than a how we ought to be approaching it level. But you might be right. I don't know. Um, here's someone who says they have experience with this. I don't know what that means, but I can certainly guess. Play it. Discuss it. It's important to have insight into the thought process of a suicidal person. You never know when you're going to be in that role with a person that is suicidal. What's interesting is he doesn't. He's certainly not hysteric. No, or, or or even down sounding. No, he sounds like a guy who's come to terms with what he's going to do. He sounds but... like a guy who's made a rational decision. That doesn't mean it is or that he's rational, but it sounds Fair like enough. a guy who's gone through the thought process and decided this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I kind of I don't know. Maybe I have a messianic mess, messy Jesus complex, but. I kind of wish I'd been on the other end of the radio, but, you know, maybe he's, I don't know. You need to talk him out of it, you think? I'd have tried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder, their traffic control guy, what's his first responsibility? I wonder. Talking a guy out of suicide? To get the guy on the ground. Right, exactly. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He's not like a cop on a bridge. <clears throat> no, no, because you know there's so much danger. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the the way this guy was approaching it, but uh, I know. And and this text I'm going to read just because I think it's kind of funny. I really like you guys, but you blocked me a long time ago, so you'll never see this. I just read that. <laughs> um, what are you like a Zen master? <laughs> what is that? The sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> if you believe that, why would you write that? And what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> You blew my mind. <laughs> uh, coming up, we really needed to talk about the uh, the unfortunate situation with the Supreme Court of the state of West Virginia. Where everybody's being impeached? The entire Supreme Court is being impeached. Two-thirds of them are crooks. The ones that aren't crooks have no idea what they're doing, apparently. Nice <sighs> job, West Virginia. You know, Get off your sister and pay some attention oh, to the news. Oh, no, huh? right now. It's way out of bounds. Tough mouth. talk. Way out of, hit the dump button, Michael. We need straight talk. I tell you what, the, uh, the, the uh, somebody once said to me, stereotypes come from somewhere. Now, I do not agree, because if I did, I'd have to go to a meeting. But the stereotype about West Virginia, mm, good friend of the family from that area, uh, does not portray it in a terribly flattering light. Really? I have no first-hand experience, and that's what I usually go with. I oh. remember being on a road trip with a bunch of guys one time, and we went through West Virginia on the way to a college football game, and he said, here we are in the stupidest state in the country. Oh, boy. <laughs> it always stuck that's, in my, uh, that's uncharitable. It always stuck in my head. I right. Thought, what makes you say that? But Well, I tell you this. It, you know, it's a big state. There are millions of people there, as far as I know. At least a couple, right? they got to be. Um, and I'm sure uh, there are plenty of uh, really fine folk there living uh, productive and in, in, in good Christian lives. Uh, on the other hand, there's a hell of a lot of nasty there. It is a big old pocket of nasty in America. And we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. But uh, I do, I do want to at least tip my cap to the hilariously overblown march in Washington, D.C. Uh, by... I want to lead into it by quoting one of my great heroes, H.L. Mencken, a journalist of the early 20th century, first half of the 20th century. 
who once said, the whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins, all of them imaginary. Well, that is not to claim that there's no such thing as racism. There could be no more absurd statement than that. It's not to claim that there are no white supremacists ooching about and Klansmen and the rest. On the other hand, there is big business in keeping you alarmed and begging to be led to safety by your great leaders, both uh, media and political, by this uh, alleged resurgence of white supremacy in the United States which I have a very strong feeling is a very small pe- group of people who may be slightly emboldened or were for like six weeks to spout their nonsense, but they could only rustle up. I haven't heard a good solid number. What was it, 17 people? The or? biggest number I heard was 40, and that's oh. laughable. Why you would even cover anything where 40 people show up at all. Yeah, I heard it was less than two dozen, somewhere around 20, maybe. A, so the person who less. said 40 was inflating the numbers. They doubled That's it. That's incredible. They, they probably doubled it. That should not get national coverage. It, it on I record all the Sunday shows, and my version of Meet the Press wasn't on there. They had live coverage of the march. Right. And my Fox News Sunday, they'd taken a chunk out of it, the Lindsey Graham part that I wanted to see. Oh, man. To do live coverage of. The um the the big march, the big rally, the big hate rally to show just how much Trump has taken us down the road of hate and divisiveness. They took out Lindsey Graham. Bless my soul. Bless your soul. Bless your I heart. Hey, but with uh, the seventeen knuckleheads showing up. Yeah, yeah. Um. So where was I going? Oh, I just had this brilliant idea. I don't know if it's too late. Uh, and and we need a hashtag certainly. But I think everybody listening. Ought to, all week long, take a picture of every gathering they're at that has more than 18 people and tweet it at the news networks with the hashtag overblown coverage or something like that. Because we will all be in 3 to 15 gatherings bigger than those 18 knuckleheads or however many there were. And yet it got wall-to-wall national coverage and follow-up coverage today. And I'm here to tell you. The news media are prostitutes of their own sort. I mean, they just want to whip you up into to fear and, and conflict is their real bias. They want you to think something's going on because you will watch. But politically speaking, make no mistake, the whole resurgent white bu- supremacist thing is a bugaboo to keep you scared. So Sean, just silly. So Sean gave me the picture of the rally. I can't tell who's in the rally. I'm not sure there's even 17 because all those people have cameras or vests, so there's security or media. Right. And it ain't much. Well, there was a heavy police guard as the uh, demonstrators, the uh, the uh, white nationalists, or the one guy said, I'm not a white supremacist. I'm absolutely not. I'm a civil rights worker for white people. Okay. We'll call you, you, know, you call yourself whatever you want. Um, <laughs> But they were heavily guarded as they marched from the uh, Foggy Bottom uh, metro station to wherever they were going, where they were heavily guarded because the, um, well, let me do the math in my head. It was it was probably 20 times, no, it was more than that. It was like 50 times as many people counter-demonstrating would have torn them apart. Um, but the cops probably have a pretty good idea of how many were, there were because they marched with them and kept them safe from the... the uh, the angry counter demonstration. Well, last year's big rally that they uh, that they keep referring to in uh, Charlottesville that turned deadly. 
It turned deadly. I mean, and it's awful. It's a tragedy, and that guy should be in jail for the rest of his life. Cold-blooded murder. And probably should a number of the other nut jobs who actually believe this crap. But you had one psychopath drive his car into the crowd and killed somebody. If he hadn't done that, then you wouldn't be able to refer to it as the the rally that turned violent and deadly. Because if you eliminate that one dude... It was a bunch of a-holes fist-fighting. And and I'm telling you, and there's uh, there is no doubt that this is true. There has been much more violence and bloodshed caused by Antifa in the last five years than these couple dozen knuckleheads who claim to be white supremacists. I don't think we do. Nobody's doing the country any good by acting like this is a a, a major growing problem. No, although a lot of people get ratings or votes or funding. A lot of, like the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a wildly partisan group and no longer can be trusted with anything, uh, they get all their funding by whipping up fear. So, I don't know. I hope we become more sophisticated as a people. Once the uh, 24-hour news cycle becomes old hat and social media becomes old hat, and we're just, all of us are kind of at the point I am, where over the weekend my internet didn't work and I was glad um, uh, back to school time. I mentioned a couple of stories that are out there. Deciphering teen slang. Do you listen to your teens talking or come across their text and they use some of these words, what they actually need? What is the code for sex? Oh my, is your teen fornicating? What is the code for parents are listening? Are they a white supremacist? They're on to you. You need to know this, right? Huh? Plus, the Supreme Court of West Virginia... If they were only marrying their cousins, you could support them. But evidently, the troubles run deep there in the toothless state. Right. Stay tuned. How dare you? I think that is on their flag, the toothless state. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you see 53X on your kid's phone, that's a code for sex. Yo, no! USA Today. See, the 5 is an S. The 3 is an E. Wait a minute, slow down. The X is an X. What's the X? (laughs) Oh my god, they cracked the code! (laughs) Boy, if you couldn't have figured that out on your own, I'm not sure you're going to be able to parent a teenager, but... Um, CD9, <laughs> CD9 is the code for parents around. CD9. So th- CD's nuts. This, mm. <laughs> this is from USA Today, and they're talking to a Kansas State English professor about slang and culture. Excellent. Uh, isn't this likely the code for a particular group of kids in like one click in one high school, and the, the other click would have a different code? And well, I mean, and- I find it hard to believe that it would be a national thing. I mean, if you write kind of five three x, it looks like the word sex. So that's not a very good code. Something tells me America's teens are more clever than that well, in general. And I'm just thinking, you know, among my friends and the words we had, it just it, the, the the whole school or state or country didn't agree upon terms and codes. Rightio. Um, it just Although seems we are more, odd. we are more together with the interwebs. Mm. Things catch on nationally, Jack. Yeah, that just seems kind of stupid. <laughs> There used to be regional hit records, kids. Be a giant smash hit. You'd hear it all day long in one part of the country. Kids, teens can now use disappearing Snapchat messages and Finsta. 
fake Instagram accounts without parents stumbling upon them. Oh, my. Finsta. Man, I hope they're not using Jenkum. <laughs> Talking about Jenkum on their Finsta. <laughs> That's the worst. So you yeah. have the entire West Virginia Supreme Court facing impeachment for all sorts of stuff. There's the one, the chief justice. Evidently, he was spiriting antique furniture out of the, the, the judge's chambers to his house, then selling it off or something like that. I mean, like these heirlooms, $42,000 desks designed by the guy who designed the Capitol, who also designed the Supreme Court of the United States, et cetera, or the state Supreme Court, I should say. Oh, he later did design the U.S. Supreme Court. So that's just thievery. Then you've got more in the 23-count indictment against the chief justice, who is a Republican. Don't worry, there are plenty of Democrats involved, too. We'll get to them, but He's been a 23-count indictment of fraud, witness tampering, lying to a federal agent, obstruction of justice. He could do 405 years in prison. Um, then the other four people on the court, uh, one one's already resigned, but the uh, whoever's left, um, there are 14 articles of impeachment, uh, alleged corruption, maladministration, incompetence, neglect of duty, and various other criminal behaviors. Both houses are Republican-controlled, but it's uh, thought that they will boot everybody out. The entire Supreme Court is yeah. going to get booted out for either corruption or incompetence. That's amazing. The fifth seat was vacated when Menace E. Ketchum, the second. That's a hick name there. That is a hick name, man. He's got an outhouse. Menace E. You. Ketchum, the second. I'm Menace E. Ketchum. Just like my poppy before me, Menace E. Ketchum Sr. Now let me go outside and poop, and I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> if God's probably, will and the creek don't rise, I'm going to come up here and whoop your ass. That's probably not a charitable portrayal of a Western Virginia Supreme Court justice. He is out there. Let me go outside and you? poop and I'll be right back. <laughs> that's merely satire. I have no indication of it. Would you that's, like to imply that he's married to his sister, Jack, before I move on? Yeah. Stop it, Daddy. You're crushing my cigarettes the, as the old oh joke goes. Oh, Lord. It's a bad joke. Anyway. Yeah, it is. He is a Democrat. He resigned in July, days before he was <clears throat> accused of federal wire fraud. He was embroiled in controversy after an audit found that he may have improperly used state vehicles for personal purposes, uh, ate a bunch of uh, lunches, and et cetera, et cetera. Each and every one of them is accused of unnecessary and lavish spending. Well, that's a culture. You can see how that would catch on. You look around, you... I guess this happens. I can't imagine ever doing it, but it happens all the time. You look around and see other people doing this, so you start doing it. Yeah. Everybody just started spending money however they wanted as as Supreme Court justices, state Supreme Court justices. Right. Indeed. Indeed. And listen, this this really isn't funny, but I mean, it's hard not to joke about it. I, a good friend of the family comes, uh, their family comes from West Virginia, and a lot of them still live there. And uh, this friend of the family told me that half the people they know are addicted to uh, uh uh, uh, opioids, pills. Really? Everybody is a pill junkie in West Virginia. It's reached horrifying proportions. God, that's rough. It is rough, yeah. I think 60 Minutes did a thing on that not too long ago about the, the shocking percentage of people who are on various opioids in West Virginia. But, man, it is the coming apart. It is the crumbling of poor white America, and it is it is shocking. I mean, it's not quite as dramatically shocking um, as, like, the violence in Chicago, for instance, which is a culture coming apart. Um, but instead of killing each other, they're killing themselves. But the death toll is uh, every bit as impressive and more so in West Virginia. 
People are dying like crazy. Meanwhile, they're firing their entire Supreme Court for being thieves and liars and idiots. That's amazing. So we have breaking news we need to hit you with. Oh, uh, no. Remember smug, smirking Peter Strzok of the FBI? Well, he's been fired, um, even though that was not part of the plan. So do you have any information on uh, what's going on with that? That's just the, the only news that's broken so far. Yeah, we got, been we have a it's not more. easy to get fired from a government no. job. No. It's not easy to get fired from the FBI. Um, but he has been fired. What do Are we you just going to make up rules as we go along? <laughs> <laughs> Remember him sitting there with the smug look on his face? I'm, I can do and say whatever I want. Oh, yeah. I am, I'm the king S. Uh, but what, what do we know, Marshall? Well, at this point, uh, that is pretty much it. He has been uh, let go, and uh, we're waiting for more details right. to so come the, out any so, minute now. So the immediate question I would have is, is there new information about how freaking corrupt he might have been? Uh, that came out and said, oh, well, this is all right. You're gone. Well, this is a guy who was in charge of both the Hillary investigation and the Trump administration, yeah. which is obviously the most sensitive and important things that the FBI was dealing with, you know, aside from, I don't know, maybe foiling Al Qaeda attacks, who was so fo- or so dismissed from those responsibilities. He was sent to the Office of Personnel Management. Where he would like check people's time cards to make sure they didn't take too much lunch time. Right. That's a right. that's a we've banished you, but we're going to let you stay on and get your retirement and your right. pension and all that sort of stuff. Well, now they've just flat fired the guy. So you got to wonder: is there new information? <sighs> yeah, as there to almost how, has to be how far he went, unless he was using a federal car for personal purposes or stuff like that. Because they get crazy about that. What do you know, Marshall? Well, we're going to have more details on the uh, Strzok being fired. Trump raining down tweets upon Omarosa. And get ready for special robot-made pizza. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Robot pizza. I would tell you this. The president specifically addresses the allegation that it's unpresidential of him to be bad-mouthing former employees. Okay. I'll stay tuned for that. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. about him but he was a little too smug for my taste although as we pointed out at the time peter strock may have resting smug face he might not be able to help it yeah maybe he's pretty dismissive with his words also are you just gonna make up rules as we go along well the clip the clip we ought to be playing is when he uh, lectures trey gowdy and trey gowdy says i really don't give a damn what bothers you <laughs> I don't appreciate it being suggested. I don't give a damn what you appreciate, Well, you Trey, smug mother-scratcher. And Trey Gowdy's been making the argument that this is the definition of bias. And you can't have that. Political bias in the FBI. Well, prejudice. Prejudging. Indeed. Get to the news now, Marshall Phillips. As you were saying, the FBI agent behind several anti-Trump texts is out of a job. Peter Strzok was recently fired by the Bureau. Recently fired. Fired Friday. We just got the news now. um, And everybody's reporting it's because of the texts. But nobody's reporting as to why Friday and the part of the FBI that decides what punishment you're supposed to get had already decided what his punishment was going to be. 60-day suspension. And a demotion. So the FBI director, name the FBI director off the top of your head. I couldn't have done it. Hmm? Do you know the FBI director? Christopher Ray, I think. Yeah. David Bowditch. What? He's the deputy director. 
Oh, deputy director. Deputy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That explains yeah. it. Um, he um, he fired Strzok on Friday, and nobody knows why they went yeah. outside of what the the group recommended for punishment. Right. So that news hasn't broken. There's got to be something there. Yeah, and it's Strzok's lawyer who said that the uh, deputy director ordered that firing on Friday. Does he get to do that? I, Does he have to talk to his boss? Apparently. Oh, well, come on. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure it was all clear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Something Man. this high profile, yeah. Yeah, Strzok uh, helped lead the special investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election until his anti-Trump tweets were discovered. And uh, so now we are waiting. There's supposedly going to be more word on this coming out later this morning. So he was escorted out of the FBI building in June. You remember that? Yeah. And effectively relieved of work responsibility on July the 24th. Um, He and his attorney made a final pitch to Candace M. Will, who leads the FBI's Office of Professional Responsibility. Uh, Apparently, um, Will said he will face a demotion 60-day suspension, but the big boys decided that wasn't enough and canned him. Yeah, I wonder why specifically. I mean, the the text messages sure look to be indication of bias, but if there was no specific biasy looking actions he took, you know, from the perspective of the FBI, you know, if he kept it clean, he right. you know talked all week about how he hates the Red Sox, but went and umpired their game and he called it great. Well, then you might discipline him, but you wouldn't fire him. So I've got to assume. They found evidence of, of significant bias. Pres- Bi- I'm sorry, biased actions. Yeah. President Trump is lashing out even more at former White House advisor Omarosa Manigault Newman, calling her wacky Omarosa and saying she's been fired for the last time. Newman, who's authored a book entitled Unhinged. As has- you buy this book, I want to hit you on the head with it. Please give the money to charity instead. Give the money to charity, and if you're going to spend any time reading, I got a thousand choices for you that will make you a smarter, better, more amused person. Why would anybody buy this book? Hard to imagine. Oh, my God. She made a number of audio recordings, including one of her getting fired by Chief of Staff John Kelly in the Situation Room. This morning, Trump's tweets reading, she never made it, never will, she begged me for a job, tears in her eyes, I said okay. People in the White House hated her. She was vicious, but not smart. I would rarely see her, but heard really bad things. Nasty to people who would constantly miss meetings and work. When General Kelly came on board, he told me she was a loser and nothing but problems. I told him to try working it out if possible. General Kelly told you she's a loser and nothing but problems. (laughs) I told him to try. But I hired her anyway and put her in the White House and had her in the Oval Office involved in conversations. I tried. To, I told him to try working it out if possible because she only said great things about me until she got fired. Now the black community would say she was a token black because I heard saw this on MSNBC yesterday. She was a token black person Trump could have in the White House and say, "See, black people like me." Might be something to that. It's hard to imagine you'd want her around because you thought you were going to get uh, good advice on how to handle policy from her. Do you have the most recent text? Go ahead. I do. Trump's most recent text, as you pointed out, says, while I know it's not presidential to take on a lowlife like Omarosa, and while I would rather not be doing so, this is a modern-day form of communication, and I know the fake news media will be working overtime to make even wacky Omarosa look legitimate as possible. Sorry. They're trying. Hey, we got to play the clips of her and Kelly and and her and Trump again. Those are good. We got it right here. 
On the Today Show this morning, she had released another recording, this one of the conversation she had with President Trump after getting fired. Uh, Marosa, what's going on? I just saw on the news that you're thinking about leaving. What happened? General Kelly, General Kelly came to me and said that you guys wanted me to leave. No, I, I, nobody even told me about it. Nobody, wow. you know, they run a big operation, but I didn't know it. I didn't know that. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> I don't love you leaving at all. He's oh, so wow. mad. <laughs> a religious man like himself uttered an, uh, an oath. A D, he dropped a D-bomb. Um, so the, mad that she had been uh, fired. And, oh, and she doesn't believe it, and he doesn't believe right. her. And they're, Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, no, they're both acting. Grubby. They both know each other are lying. Yeah, exactly. Over the weekend on Meet the Press, Omarosa played recordings that she made of the chief of staff of firing her. It starts out this way. We've got to talk to you about uh, leaving the White House. That's um, come to my attention uh, over the uh, last few months that there's been some pretty, in my opinion, significant integrity issues related to you and use of government vehicles and some other issues. Now, well, I want to hear more of that. Kelly, go there, on. there is more, right? There's minutes more of that. Yeah, yeah. positive, Sean, dig it up. I want to hear the whole come to Jesus meeting. Kelly going on to say... If we make this a friendly departure, we can all be, you know, you can look at look at your time here in, in uh, the White House as a year of service to the nation, and then you can go on without any type of uh, difficulty in the future relative to your reputation. Does uh, the president, is the president aware of this? Uh, don't, let's not go down the road. This is a non-negotiable discussion. <laughs> there you go. Wow. That's, that's the way getting fired goes. Um, uh, you going to talk your way around to Marine General? Yeah. <laughs> So the, the, the hating on Trump crowd says that's evidence of her being threatened there. Right. Uh, it, it would seem to be, yes, because she broke the law a bunch of times. You get to threaten people who do that. And Kelly repeated those, yeah. those charges about serious legal issues. But it's very, very important, I think, that you understand that there are some serious legal issues that have uh, been violated. And um, you're, you're open to some legal action. That uh, we hope, uh, I think we can control, right? Yeah, I, I've known people that got fired that way. Yeah, uh, they they did something illegal. They're stealing from the company or whatever, and the company calls you in and says, "Look, go, keep your mouth shut, and we'll just forget about this. Get the hell out of here." Or we can make this difficult, right? And start pursuing the charges on these. You crimes. start throwing punches, it's going to turn ugly. I like how he says, uh, we need to talk about you leaving the White House. Yes. Really? In what way? <laughs> we I want buy. you to. Yes. <laughs> but the cabinet, we're going to have all the best people. He yeah. only hires the best. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> all right. you, know, you knew she was a snake when you picked her up. I mean, good Lord. The best snake. Yeah, the best right. snake. I like the uh, WAPO's description of it. Manigault Newman's public career has followed a uniquely 21st century calculus for success. They Start her- with zero, get on television, behave badly, reap the success, repeat. <laughs> I realize there are journalism rules, but when somebody's known by one name and it's their first name, you don't go with their second and third name to refer to them. That's hilarious. You do if you're the Washington Post, Jack. <laughs> There you go. That is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Do you want to hear the longer version of her getting fired? Yes. We got that. I've got more teen slang as kids are going back to school and you're peering in on their smartphone. huh? If they start referring to a, a TBH, what does that mean? Or a thice? Oh, no. Oh, all right.
Or what does goals mean in teen slang? Goals? I yeah. can only assume it means human sacrifice. Finna. I've got a long list to them, of them. Oh, Lord. You're going to need to know this to decode what amoral, illegal things your teens are up to. Huh? Like that cute James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. Very running similar. around in their windbreakers, <laughs> driving convertibles, and, and trading their slang back and forth. Lawlessness is juvenile delinquency. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. December back when I was with the band for a while. Hmm. Approximately three minutes and 20 seconds, as I recall. Jack has some of the troubling teen lingo making the rounds these days, coming out of a moment or two. We also haven't mentioned this. Aretha Franklin, the legendary soul singer, is gravely ill, according to multiple sources. Uh, she's 76 years old. You know, God bless her. Lovely gal. Beautiful voice. Uh, at any rate... The uh, tape of the moment is this tape of General John Kelly, the chief of staff of the White House, handing Omarosa her walking papers. Is it squid, Joe? Do you even know what squid means? It's a, it's a sea creature. It's like an octopus, but if it's your teens use that way. term, no, I've got the teen slang for you coming up. <laughs> As kids go back to school, USA Today is, today is decoded teen slang. She'll know what sort of drug-fueled sex orgies they're about to get into. Squid, I imagine that's snorting marijuana straight into their brains. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) All right, then. So here's uh, John Kelly firing Omarosa or something. Hi. Hi there, how are you? I'd like to be fired from the White House. Hi. Hi there, how are you? you? Hi. My assistant. Could you uh, leave this alone? Sure. Hi. Bye. I'm only going to stay for a couple of minutes. These are lawyers. Um, That's a good opening. We're going to talk to you about uh, leaving the White House. Um, it's come to my attention uh, over the uh, last few months that there's been some pretty, in my opinion, significant integrity issues related to you and use of government vehicles and some other issues. Um, and uh, they'll 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 walk you through the legal aspects of this. But there is some. Uh, uh, for my view, there's, there's some money issues and other things, but for my view, the integrity issues are very serious. Uh, I'm stuck uh, with my past experience, and that is uh, when we hold the people accountable in the, in the military, I would I compare what I see here at the White House and, and other issues that I've had to deal with and say, what would I do to this, uh, in this case, if I was in the Pentagon dealing with a, a Marine or a soldier or something like that? And... Uh, in, in the issue that uh, you may or may not have a full appreciation for, but I think you do, um, this would be a, a pretty high level of, of accountability, meaning a court-martial. And we're not suggesting any legal action here. Just that, stay that with I, me. Just stay I with me, yeah. Um, that it would be a, uh, uh, a, a pretty serious offense. So with that, I'm just going to ask you, uh, these gentlemen will explain it, and we'll bring a personnel person in after, after they uh, talk to you. But just to understand that, I'd like to see this be uh, uh, a friendly departure. Um, there are pretty significant uh, legal issues that 
We okay. hope uh, it just develop into something that... Uh, for people that haven't been following us closely, so we think she's recording this on her cell phone? Yeah. In the Situation Room, which is right. what? What that, is the Situation that's Room? That's the top-secret, soundproofed uh, place where you go to decide on attacks and counterattacks. And, and let random <laughs> reality show stars bring in recording devices? Well, apparently, for this meeting, they didn't exactly pat everybody down. Well, P.S. what? It's also what I call my bedroom. Back to you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but so... You know, you know, one reason they might not have, like, searched or have a recording device for all I care. I don't get why she released this, and then it led Meet the Press because they had the uh, the exclusive on it. It makes her look bad. Yes. So you committed crimes, and they fired you for it, and this is what it sounded like when they told you. I don't understand why I would want that out. Attention to, to sell the book. Listen to this. I've got a secret recording. I was stealing from my company, right? And they fired me. And Listen they to this. Confront me and say they'll let me go quietly if I keep my mouth shut. <laughs> what? What? I don't quite get that. It's yeah. a pathetic and desperate gamble for publicity. Mm, yeah. There are certain employees where, if you don't follow the letter of the rules, they can use that as as a grandiose justification for getting rid of you. Whether it's right. you know not filling out forms, and I think she feels like this was one of those things. Right? They like got they, her on a technicality. Yeah, this oh. is only a thing. They're threatening me with lawsuits. So this isn't they, a big deal. So like, if I got fired here, they could say, and he never filled out his vacation forms, which yes. is true. Yes, <laughs> makes somebody else do it, which is a clear breach of <laughs> yeah, uh, something. Or other. Um, yeah. You know what I think the uh, publisher of this book has failed to uh, take into account is that. The uh, the group of people who would like to read it, and the group of people who can actually read it all, there's no overlap. <laughs> anyway, I want to hear a little more of her getting fired. Pretty significant uh, legal issues that we hope uh, don't develop into something that uh, that will make it ugly for you. Uh, but I think it's important to understand that if we make this a friendly departure. Um, we can all be, you know, you can look at look at your time here in, in the, the White House as a year of service to the nation, uh, and then you can go on without any type of uh, difficulty in the future relative to your reputation. But it's very, very important, I think, that you understand that there are some serious legal issues that have uh, been violated, and um, you're, you're open to some legal action that uh, we hope uh, I think we can control, right? So with that, um, if you would stay here with these gentlemen, they'll lay this thing out. And can we have I a, ask you a couple of questions? Uh, Does the president, is the president aware of what's uh, going on? Don't, let's not go down the road. This is a non-negotiable discussion. I don't want to uh, negotiate. I just, I've never talked, had a chance to talk to you, General Kelly. Yeah, so if this is my departure, I'd like to have at least an opportunity no, uh, to understand. We can, we can talk another time. This has to do with some pretty serious viola- integrity violations. Um, so I'll let it go with that. So uh, the, the staff and everyone on the staff works for me, not the president. And um, so after your departure, I'll inform him if he gets uh, interested on, on where you may be. So with that, I'll let you go. Wow. And uh, gentlemen, if you could take it. Yeah, if he asks me, I'll tell him, but shut up and get out. And making it clear that, the, the, that this is separate from the president. Mm-hmm. I thought her... General Kelly was thrown in because I know I'm recording this and I want to reset for the listener who I'm talking to. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> By the way, what does it mean when your teen uses the term extra? According to the slang in the USA Today. I'm sorry, goal. That's what I was going to tell you. The slang goal. What does that mean when your teen goal? mentions that? 
Yes. Maybe they kicked a soccer ball into the no. net. This means something you're striving for. <laughs> That's what the USA Today is telling us I'm about sorry. secret team slang. What the F? <laughs> you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.